Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today I'm with my nephew. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Jack. I am Nancy's son, so granddad's grandson, obviously. And I am from California and right in about the middle, I would say, of the, the third generation of Emersons. That's a great way to explain yourself, the third generation. So looking at granddad as being the first and, and my grand and my mother and then their children and their grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle, because you are, let's see. I'm 29. You're 29. 29. You're 29. It's my, my decade year. I'll be this year. I'll be, I'll be 30 which is kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, 2021. So you're, you were born in 1991. Your mom talked in her podcast about when she was pregnant with you and, um, and that our parents came down to California from Montana when you were born. Jack, do you have some early memories of coming to Flathead Lake to the cherry orchard that you can tell us about? You know, I was thinking about that and it's, it's funny. I don't, it all seems like one big, and I hope I'm not alone in this, but it kind of just feels like one big trip from, from being a, when I was a, a little kid, I don't know, being a, being a really young kid, I can just remember the car rides. Uh, Cause I think, you know, like most of, us we drove in from all over the country so we would drive from california and it was it's like a 20-hour drive without any stops but you know we were young my brother and i so we would it would take like three days to do this drive and i can just remember going to minor league baseball games staying at hotels with pools and, and jumping in rivers. And I don't know, it just, I don't, I don't know if I can think of one memory. It just feels like it was this kind of voyage every, every year. And the, and the trip itself to the lake was this whole experience before ever getting to the lake. And it all kind of blends together. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I can, I can understand that. I also have that feeling from driving from, from New York state many years. Do you, do you, ever remember missing a summer did you ever no. ah, okay. and I and I'm sure and I'm well and I'm sure that I haven't it's kind of like a it's something that I took for granted I guess and then now realizing how I guess lucky I've been just to be able to come back every summer I don't think I've <clears throat> yeah I mean I I haven't missed a summer since I was since I was born wow that's incredible I'm not sure who I, I'm not sure who else can say that. I think my brother, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't, I, I haven't actually checked with anyone about this, but I yeah. Really that, I think this is trophy, trophy territory. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm actually already on a trophy. It's the ping, <laughs> it's the ping pong trophy that I won this summer. <laughs> right. So you can tell us about that. That's one of the things that has, that's one of the traditions that has, been created and sustained at the orchard. So do tell. 
Oh, I'd love to. It's a good year for me to tell. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we started playing, uh, well, we started playing ping pong a long time ago on that old kind of uh, makeshift ping pong table. And it was held up by two horses. And then uh, it was all wobbly. And we had a a net that we kind of string up, but far from regulation. And we would play ping pong on that. I can remember when we were kids with like 10 of us around the ping pong table and kind of coming up with every sort of ping pong game we could play. So we can remember we played ping pong forever on those kind of slow, you know, lake summer summer days. Uh Um, And then one summer, 10 years ago, I can't remember exactly why, but we just decided to have a tournament. And I want to say Jurgen, because Jurgen usually <laughs> organizes this, just yeah. put it together a a bracket. And we had a we had a full on tournament. And I'm happy to say I won that tournament <laughs> <laughs> ten years ago. And it's been uh it's been going on ever since. And I finally got back to the the championship round and won again this year so wow congratulations ending the decade (laughs) was there no win in between there no (laughs) so so yeah uncle john had a pretty good stranglehold on it and yeah i don't know my brother got a couple who else won it jurgen i think okay jurgen won one year oh that's great that's a great story so is this tournament located it's located uh, right in the kind of middle area in between the garage and the, the big house. Okay. And what's become kind of a spectacle now and what makes it kind of, I mean, really nerve wracking uh, is uh, how many people are watching the games now. <laughs> and so there's a whole there's a whole aspect of, of playing that's totally different from playing just kind of pickup games during <laughs> The middle of the day is you got to control your nerves. It's, yeah, it's a different <laughs> ball game. <laughs> so you now have, A, you have a regulation table? Correct. Is that what- yeah, and I wouldn't be the one to ask about regulation, but it looks pretty regulation. <laughs> and you also have a audience that is watching. So, mm-hmm. and the, I would say the majority of people compete, right? Yeah. You? I, mean, I mean, I would, it's, I think at least in the like the it's a it's more than 16 people like it's between 16 and 32 we have to go to that next level of the bracket yeah wow uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember how have you done in, in previous tournaments have you entered i haven't entered so i can't no what oh no i don't think so uh-uh that i i no i'm not a competitive person so you know um the trophy is one of the old wine um uh, i guess uh, handles and so it was, I believe, just sitting, I mean, I don't know, I'm just kind of speculating mm-hmm. how it became the trophy. But if I had to guess, it would probably be, it was sitting, it was an empty bottle of wine that was sitting around and was rated or, or drawn on by maybe Abby, maybe Anna, mom. Okay. And it's got a, you know, it's got a, it's the Flathead Lake Cherry Invitational. And uh, yeah, it's got some cherries on it, some ping pong balls. <laughs> it's a pretty classy thing. And this has been handed. You didn't take it home, right? You leave it at the lake. No, okay. it sits on top of the refrigerator in the yes, house. Yes, yeah, has a special place. Okay, good. For me. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So that's the trophy, and that's one of the um, 
activities that seems to have an enduring, uh, if it's lasted for 10 years already, I think it's going to continue. Can you think of other things that you do when you go to the lake? Yeah, let's see. So, you know, the kind of principle what I would say <laughs> is swimming, uh, un unsurprisingly. Um, <clears throat> I feel like one thing that has never changed, like not even really, not even a little bit is how much the kind of, how much when I'm on my way to the lake, I'm kind of feel the draw and then just need to get in the water. So if it was when I was five years old, I can remember we would get to the lake. And the first thing I want to do is go jump off the dock. And it's, <laughs> it's still the exact same way. It's still the, <laughs> still the first thing I want to do. It's, uh, <laughs> and it's really special, special body of water. Yeah. And you think, well, first off, it's cold. It's well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's okay. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. That's another thing that, about getting to the lake is there's always this kind of, you know, you never know exactly. It's going to be between 65 and 70, well, 62 and 72-ish. But, wow. you know, there's a variable and you don't know exactly how nice it's going to be. Because if it's 70, at that, that point, it's it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. When it's less than that, say 62. <laughs> Yeah, 62 is pretty cold. Yeah. Do you have any, um, you know, do you have a will, I guess, because your heart stops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's the worst part is this, I'll never learn, and I don't think anyone will, is getting stuck out on the power dock. Oh. You jump in, and then you get onto the dock, and then you're hanging out, and then you're dry, and all of a sudden the clouds come through. Uh -huh. And you want to get off, but you're dry. And it's just this funny stalemate of being wanting to be on the dock, but needing to get wet to get back. And that's, yeah, <laughs> I think most people who have been out there have experienced that feeling. Now, Chloe talked a little bit about that dock. Uh, she talked about it as being a hangout for the third generation and younger, also the fourth generation. And uh, that it's in some ways, it's where you all can catch up with each other and enjoy a, a soda or a pop or a beer <laughs> and um, with your generation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. You know, there are occasionally people from other <laughs> generations, but yeah, I would totally agree with that is that we it does feel like kind of our little bubble to hang out in. And there's a, you know, not that, I don't know, not that we're not able to talk about, you know, there's not a, there's other, not other places to talk, but something about that just feels very like safe, I guess. And, you know, you're mm -hmm. just kind of in this, this place that whether it's the power dock itself, which has been around a while at this point, or just kind of down at the lake that we all have this really special memory attached to i don't know something there's something about it that kind of just brings you back to i don't know growing up with the same with these people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i don't know it's it's yeah it does just have that feeling where it's like the place to to really catch up and why do you call it a power dock it doesn't have a motor or anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i don't know we <laughs> i think that started as a joke because it's not just a dock <laughs> it's got <laughs> and that's 
that's one of the things I really love about being up there is those little like jokes that <laughs> really don't make a ton of sense, but to the people that were to certain people, it'll make perfect sense. <laughs> when you say the power, <laughs> the power doc, do you remember other, I think Andrew talked about the sailboat. Do you remember the yeah. sailboat being used as a hangout place or? Definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's, it was just, um, I mean, I would love to see it now because at the time it felt like a castle that you had to climb up and get onto. It felt like it was, it was tall. It just felt like this huge structure to get onto. And I would love to see it now because in my head it's, it's gigantic, but that was, yeah, we would, yeah. we would just climb. Well, I remember one, one thing was to get your life jacket off down at the lake, you had to jump off the dock and swim around the sailboat. Oh, And then that was like an unofficial, okay, you're okay to go out without a life jacket. And then from there, the, the, the sailboat was, I mean, it was just like a launch, a launch pad, a place to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And a, do you remember even going sailing <laughs> uh, sort of separate from using it as a dock or a, a floating area? Do you remember sailing in it? Yeah. So I had, uh, I think I only went out maybe once, well, at least once, but I don't know if I ever went out again because I went out once when I think I was around 10 years old and there was a thunderstorm while we were out on the lake. And, you know, I was old enough to know that water conducts electricity, but not old enough to know that really we weren't in too much danger. And mm -hmm. I was, I was, I don't know. I was about I don't know. I can't think of many times that I've been more afraid than that one time. Cause I just, it, I mean, it really, it scared me a lot and I never yeah. really wanted to go sailing again. Wow. I don't know. I think after, you know, being older now, I just, I think I've gotten over the fear, but the, the interest in sailing never really came back. If that makes sense. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, sure. Well, we, I mean, everything was fine. I, I, we were out on the lake and, you know, this might need to be fact checked because I don't know. I was young and in distress, but I think we were out in the <laughs> middle of the lake and um, some clouds rolled in and it started to, to thunder and lightning. And so we headed back home and it was pretty choppy, but not anything crazier. Not nothing, nothing, not the craziest I've ever seen. And um, we just came back swiftly, you know, but I, so what I can remember is no one else, none of the adults on the, on the ship, granddad, I think Steve, and maybe someone else, no one was as worried as I was. And so I took that as a, like, no one knows that much danger we were in. Cause I don't, <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was, I can remember being pretty frantic. Like we need to get home right now. Um, but I think we got back and, and someone got the paddle boat and we went into shore and everything was fine. But okay. um, yeah, it was a pretty, it was intense. It was an intense. Yeah. I don't know. I have no how. I have no idea how long it took to get back, or or and what was were, were there other people with you besides I think um, Casey was there. I, I think Casey, there? Casey, Granite, Steve are the ones I can remember. Okay. But, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yes. there, there could have been other people there. Steve tells the story 
on his uh, podcast. So you'll have to listen to his memory of it. Oh, yeah, perfect. And he does remember that it was pretty terrifying. Yeah. So even even for him, I think, you know, even though he knew there was not a lot of danger. but So the water is a real draw for you and hanging out at the water. And did you do water sports? Like, are you a water skier or a tuber? Did you do all those things as a as a young person? Yeah, I think I went like a lot of people. I went through phases of water sports. So early, early on, I can remember trying to water ski, which was always really hard on those Snoopy skis that are tied together that I think most people <laughs> of my generation have or have nightmares about. But they were tied <laughs> together to keep your feet from going out, but it made it really hard to stand up. And so I can remember trying to get up a couple times on those and maybe getting up once or twice, but getting up better on the the bigger skis. Uh-huh. Or maybe actually, I think before that, I switched to wakeboarding. And so for a couple of years, wakeboarding was really, and you know what? Kneeboarding was in there too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so it's hard yeah. to say, <laughs> but there was kneeboarding for a little bit, but I, Clark was really good at kneeboarding. I don't think I liked kneeboarding as much, but wakeboarding is where I, what I really enjoyed. And we did that for a couple summers and then always mixed in kind of what felt like it was more of just for fun was the tubing. And I can yeah. remember, yeah, just getting whipped around on the tube and kind of, it felt like, you know, it felt really intense. It felt like fighting for your life <laughs> when you're kind of like getting whipped across the wake and you're holding on. You got to, I don't know, there was a lot of skill to it where you had to drag your there's a lot of skill to tubing. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't expect it, but you got to have your weight balanced right when you're going across the wake. And then when you get around like way outside the wake, you want to have your weight inside. Um, oh. And then when you get whipped back around, because I remember Uncle John was pretty was pretty intense with it. So you had to really mm-hmm. shift your, your weight around pretty quickly. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so. I had no I had no idea there was some kind of skill to that so right. that's true I, I think I have, did, you, have you been tubing before I has it I have been I have uh-huh. been tubing that's not competitive okay yeah, so yeah. I have been tubing <laughs> but I don't all I remember is hanging on that was I don't remember any shift of weight that would have been purposeful mm. I just remember concentrating on don't let go yeah well that's all that's all boils down to really <laughs> At the end of the day, that's all there is. Now, I remember, Jack, you and maybe Cousin Ralph and Casey rigged up some kind of other, and rig is the operative word here, some other kind of activity down at the lake. Well, Do you remember that? Uh, well, I can remember there was the the paddle boat, which was a I don't know about rigged on that one. I don't know about. And then there was also the the like dragon boat thing. No, no. This had to do with ropes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that rope swing. The uh, rope swing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, we've had probably better ideas in hindsight. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, like a lot of things, I guess. It worked out for us in the end and probably ended at the right time. But we had a rope swing that went um, just about directly over the fire pit down by the lake and then would swing mm-hmm. down and you would kind of bottom out maybe a couple inches above the water. 
and right where there was a big giant rock. Um, so, so uh, yeah, and I can remember, you know, as we would go higher and higher up back, we needed a ladder to get onto the rope at the right kind of, I don't know, radius of curvature. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. at one point, Casey and I went at the same time. And I can remember either his or my butt like skimmed the water on our way out. And, 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 and since the rock was right there, I think that's when we realized this wasn't really maybe all that good an idea. But, you know, I could be misremembering that too. It could have been someone else that told us not to do that anymore. No, I don't think so. I think you figured it out. But it was up there for a couple of years, I think. Yeah. You were, you were, were you post teenage or were you teenagers? No, I think we were, I think we were probably, uh, I was probably like 20 something, 21 or 22. But I think in my head, it was going to be, it's fine the way this turned out. In my head, I think we thought this would be another kind of lake staple, you know? Uh, Yeah, I don't, it's funny, but I think we all, we, we come up with these things every year. Every year there's kind of a new fad or something, but. We always end up playing five crowns and playing ping pong and watching Aristocats. You know, we always we always go back to doing the same same things every year, which I'm You were hoping that this would add to that repertoire. Exactly. That that would... Wow. All right. So if there hadn't been that rock, did you ever think about moving that rock? No, I don't think that rock is movable. <laughs> 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 it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's planted. I don't know. It, it's a big rock. I don't think. No, I've never even thought about moving that rock. I don't. Yeah. Think it's, uh... yeah. What about fishing? Did you ever fish? You know, I I went out a couple times with Granddad. More than a couple, probably between five and ten times with Granddad. Really? Yeah. When we were growing, it was kind of the, It was one of those things that I wanted to do every year, but I kind of realized that. Well, one, I never caught any fish, so I didn't get the satisfaction of that. I, I guess I just never got the idea of fishing. And I don't know if I still really get it. I don't know about just hanging out. Early in the morning. Early, early in the morning, being cold. And I don't know. Yeah. I can, I can yeah. kind of get it. But yeah, it never clicked for me. It just wasn't. So your mom and Steve both enjoy fly fishing. And did you ever try that? No, no, I don't know. I so that that I would say is all has always been one of the things where when I'm at the lake or or when I'm not at the lake, uh, the idea of a whole week up there feels like a long time. But mm-hmm. when I'm there and someone says that they're going fly fishing tomorrow or something, in my head I always think, well, that's not like. <laughs> It feels like a very precious resource, the time, I mean, and it's, and I'm always kind of essentially busy doing nothing. And that's kind of important. (laughs) It's true. It's true. What about other things that people do, like leaving the lake to go up to Glacier or to, to Big Fork or, you know, Polson? Let's see. I always, trips that I guess I would, I like going on are the, I'll usually go on a trip, on a trip to Wild Horse trip to Polson usually I'm in for what do you do in Polson Polson I remember we would go to a thrift store we went there's a pizza place there yeah I think it's mostly just the thrift store and that's that's the whole destination of it but okay. it's kind of nice just to a town for a little bit and 
I just, okay. yeah, I just go to hang okay. out there for an hour or two. Did you ever play basketball in that yeah, annual basketball I can't remember tournament? if I played. I know I played, and I think I missed the year afterwards by a day or something. And I can, I just remember how, I mean, I guess I was, I wasn't really ready for how good everyone was there. I was thinking, I don't know why I thought that I, I would be any better at basketball, but I was thinking it's a small town. How good can everyone be at basketball? <laughs> <laughs> A small yeah. town in northwestern Montana. How, yeah. how good can and they be? And the other be? thing was, and I, I've never played sports against American people. So that was a whole, um, a really okay. eye-opening experience. I don't really know what I expected. I guess I just never pictured in my head Native American people playing basketball. But that was a really cool experience also. Uh -huh. And I was, you know, I've heard, I don't know, this is kind of generalizing, but I know that they're pretty my friend who plays the cross or played the cross in college. And he said that on the East coast, people, they like that some of the native American players are some of the best, but I just never considered playing basketball. Hmm. Um, they're pretty awesome to be honest. <laughs> Size wise. Was that part of it? Is that they're, they're taller or bigger uh, or just you know, speed or every, everyone's like kind of genetic makeup determines part, part of how, how, well they'll do in certain sports and i can remember thinking that i don't know it's a different build than most people that i'd encountered playing other sports in life it was just kind of lean not necessarily yeah. tall but just lean fast strong people that's and you i would consider you a, a very able sportsman you play i don't know if you still do but you play you've played uh, rugby and you've played soccer and you've played most of them. lacrosse and did you play? Yeah. Did you play football? Yeah. And you surf football. now. And... Yeah. Yeah. Right. Huh. Most, of them. most, most sports. Well, I want to go back a little bit to your out of the lake and how important it was to stay there, even <laughs> though you didn't do anything. Why? Why would you, why would you want to stay there when there's so many other um, things to do? You know, I think the part of the, of being up at the lake is that for a week or two weeks or even just a couple days, you kind of get to not not try and be proactive things or not try and plan your day or the next day, or at least maybe this is how I've seen it. Or you don't have to worry about getting ready for work or all of these things. And so I just kind of do whatever it is never really planned it out i just whenever those things come up i just i always feel like you know i'd rather be here doing whatever and i i haven't really ever thought mm -hmm. more into it than that do you remember picking cherries or selling yeah. cherries um i can remember so i mean that was one of the the core things that i can remember doing it and still i guess it's not now there's less of less ceremony it feels like around it but you know growing up uh, i can remember i would wake i i always woke up really early when i was younger and still kind of do <laughs> i would always wake up early and i would usually watch something on tv but by the by maybe eight or so everyone would be up and whenever oh you know what it was it was when everyone's parents got up and so <laughs> When everyone's parents are up, then it was time to pick cherries. <laughs> and so before, 
the rule that I remember <laughs> is before basketball or go swimming or go do whatever, we all had to pick a bucket of cherries. And I can, it's funny when I pick a bucket, you know, it's, it's a pretty quick deal. And um, there's not really too much to it. But yeah. at the time, it, it not as much reach. And I, I don't know, it was a whole ceremony around everybody cousins <laughs> grabbing their buckets and going up on ladders and and step ladders and climbing the trees and that was another place i guess that kind of like the power dock where it felt it was easy to catch up and i think there's something to kind of like the the mind numbingness of picking cherries that kind of helps help you just relax i guess and the bucket of cherries um do you remember when you would have how old you would have been when one bucket of cherries wasn't yeah I, wasn't enough? Uh, so I can't I couldn't say for sure. I I probably by the time you're a teenager, I, I would say maybe you're not because it seems like some people end up sorting cherries instead of picking cherries. Period. And and but I can remember at a certain point, maybe around thirteen or fourteen, where it didn't really feel like it picking two buckets instead of one quite as big a deal anymore and so you kind of just if I don't know how uh, it felt like kind of this natural graduation I guess to okay now we don't have to pick a bucket you just you just do you follow Uncle Jim's lead at this and pick until he says until he says did you ever I, sort I, cherries I, uh, and wash cherries a, a third string sorter wash and sorter it's not <laughs> it's not exactly my jam so <laughs> I have certainly done it I usually don't, but or my least favorite part of it is the, if it's too early in the morning, the water is ice cold and your hands yes. <laughs> frozen solid while you're picking out um, <laughs> lumpy cherries. And I don't, I think it's, it's, it's less appealing to me <laughs> than sitting kind of in the, like, I don't know, like the, that incredible green canopy and searching for cherries. So I always mm. end up uh, on a ladder somewhere picking cherries. How about uh, selling cherries? Not like selling cherries was, you know, there was this whole thing about selling the cherries. The other thing for me always was you're kind of secluded for that one or two or three hours that you're up there. And it's kind of a, it's like a whole different mm -hmm. world. You never, you know, there's kind of a whole ecosystem and environment down at the cherry orchard, even though it might be a little different if you're inside or if you're at the lake or if you're at the, in the garage or something cherry stand you you're totally secluded and i especially before we had cell phones or or anything like that when you just kind of be up there and it, it just it felt like a little satellite basically <laughs> and it it, <laughs> it was uh and, and usually for the best you know usually you're having all these cool experiences and you're getting trucks to to honk their horns and maybe you get a, a two dollar tip it was a kind of unique experience but yeah it just I can also remember you just kind of felt secluded for better or for worse. Yeah, that's true. Some people think of it as a place where they can uh, catch up, you know, where they can mm -hmm. spend some quality time with someone. Do you remember Aunt Dolores and Grandma Bell? I don't being up there. remember Grandma Bell being up there, but I do remember uh, that kind of being her contribution i guess was she was usually working the stand but yeah i don't remember mm -hmm, i think that mm -hmm. was before 
before my memories started really setting in. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you didn't go up there as a young person because she died in 98. Yeah. So you would have only been seven or, or maybe six, six when in the summer. So I remember that because that was a crazy time, but I don't remember that the cherry stands as much. See, now I wasn't there the year that Grandma Bell, yeah. you're referring to when yeah, she died, right? We or all the that I don't I honestly all I can remember is being out on the boat and then coming back and then the ambulance showing up and just kind of that those bright lights flashing everywhere. Oh. Yeah. And that I guess I, I didn't really understand what was going on. Well, that's interesting because I I wasn't there, but I'll have to ask, you know, dad or uncle Jim about that because they would surely have a memory of that yeah, evening. It would it have been in the evening the, then? It was getting dark when we were out on the boat. And then I think it was dark, dark by the time we were home. Okay. Are there other movies that, that are uh, traditional that you rewatch or Definitely. you watch? So every year we watch Top Gun and that's, a semi-new thing. So maybe within the last like 10 or 15 years, probably. And the other movies, one movie, you know, the movie that I always watch is Aristocats. Cause I, I don't know. I can remember that was always put on when I got up in the mornings when I was a lot younger, I'd always just watch that really early in the morning. But okay. there's, I mean, Lion King is a pretty classic one that we'll watch. I'm going to, I'm going to get roasted by mm -hmm. my generation for not remembering the rest of them. But <laughs> the Top Gun is a pretty good one. And it's it's funny <laughs> when we do those movies, how nothing has really changed. We, when we used to go watch these movies as little kids in the garage and we would all fall asleep. And then we just, we still do these the same exact thing. We'll all huddle in the garage. And well, I guess not, not this past, this last year, every other year. We would just huddle in the garage and, uh, yeah, watch these movies. And some of us would fall asleep. And it's just the same. It's just the same thing over and over again. Are you sitting in yeah. chairs? Would you describe so for me the, the real, garage? Uh, kind of experiment in in space and and how well people will accommodate for each other. Because we're in those big, well, depends on how lucky you are. But you hopefully get one of those big... <laughs> Recliners. So lawn chair recliners. Economical when it comes to space. But they're really comfortable. So you want to get obviously you want to get everyone a good spot, but it's tough fitting everyone in those chairs. So it's this kind of like stadium seating around the TV where you try and slip slip people in on these chairs. <laughs> it's a whole a whole kind of little Tetris game because <laughs> You know, you want to get as comfortable as you can, but you want everyone to see and kind of first come, first serve, but also be accommodating. It's, yeah. Are people sitting on the floor as well? 50% of the time, there are people on the floor. So there's a carpet rolled out and then a TV that's been brought yeah, but, into the garage. And that's that TV uh, for, has done a couple of yeah. iterations now because it's, well, I think it's pretty figured out now, but I can also remember... It used to, it, were, it was non-trivial to figure out the TV at one point in time. It was, a, it was, I don't know, it was, it was running through the VCR and you had to be on a certain channel. You had to set the VCR to a certain channel. I remember exactly. And that's, and I probably never uh -huh. could remember exactly. And that was the problem. 
<laughs> well, I guess other people could though. So you had thing. help. What about any of the other processing? Have you ever been involved with, for example, making juice or making jam and jelly or making fruit leather? Fruit leather was on the table. Uh, or I have definitely been a part of the jelly and jam portion. And I, I know that's always kind of a, a oh. funny thing for me to have back in my, you know, civilian life is a, a jar of jelly, <laughs> of Emerson cherry jelly. Somehow that's a tongue twister. Uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, I have one. Yeah. Sitting, you know, you'd make your own jelly, which is pretty cool. So have you, besides eating it, then does that mean you've also uh, been part of the yeah, processing team, your mom and a, Steve? A, a part of the processing but I usually just take directions more or less. But, hmm, you know, now that I say that, I can remember one year I was feeling like they could do this a little better. <laughs> I can remember that. And I remember my mom saying, this is just how. <laughs> but usually I think, usually I was just a, a participant. You were trying to <laughs> offer some suggestions. <laughs> And and no. you didn't know that fruit no, leather was on the table. I'm shocked by that. Oh my gosh! Did you know that there's a dryer and the same dryer that we use for oh, yeah. drying cherries? Did you know we do that? That same dryer. Sometimes your mom, my and my mom before her will roll out um, cherry mash. I would call it cherry mash, and make fruit leather. I probably oh. have some in my refrigerator as we speak. And then roll it up and and share it with with people. Your mother is usually responsible I, for that, among other things. I don't know how I missed that. Okay, how about board Let's games? See, board Did you games. miss those? Um, board games are were always a thing that I participated in, but are not at the top of my list of things to do. <laughs> yeah, I always gravitated more towards Trivial Pursuit and Five Crowns. Those are the two games. You know, that, those were the games where I would okay. start That's... a game or was very interested in starting a game. But, you know, there was some, there's something to uh, being the, the only person that's not playing a board game that's pretty, pretty rough. So Time. in that vein, I guess, would be the braiding, would be learning from, I don't know, Anna and Abby and Chloe how to, how to do different braids, basically. And I can still, you know, I still have one on my keychain, but I always have, oh, right. since I've been maybe or something well actually probably 15 when i started driving i've had my keychain has been uh something braided in one of the fashions that i was showed up at the lake meaning out of the um, embroidery thread they would exactly. make a different color yeah. type of braid or knotted and i can that's kind piece. of that's another one of those okay. things that feels okay. very and that quintessentially lakeish you know there's just there's just a bunch of people around a circle yes of, right chatting and braiding <laughs> and do you did. ever did you I ever have did. those in your hair I, when i had dreads i would get really really long ones and then uh, they would grow you know the hair would keep growing and then because it was weighed down by that that braid those dreads would would grow especially quick and they would end up being mm -hmm. the longest one so i mean it was kind of stick out farther than the rest of my hair they would kind of drip down farther it began, yeah, it was a whole kind of, <laughs> you know, the braid wasn't finished, but when it was, when the last tie, it kind of continued having more life. 
I remember that. How about the other activity of fingernail polish painting or any of those kind of things? Feet. Did you ever get your your feet pedicure? I think I got a pedicure because I I I want to get a pedicure because I've never gotten one that I know of. But I <laughs> I'm sure that I would have been a part <laughs> of a, a nail painting session, but maybe not the whole thing. Maybe one or two, probably. Or maybe different colors, but uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember a pedicure though. I didn't know those were going around either. How about cooking? Have you been cooking at the lake? Have you ever made a, a meal or this is, this is sort of a new, you know, your generation yeah. is sort of just now working into that. And I wasn't sure if you ever helped your mom and Steve or granddad so or if you been cooked a yourself. Um, and maybe maybe I should change that. But it always feels like better cooks have it handled. But I can I remember doing, I think, two dinners. I did one with burgers one year. And then I think one year <laughs> it's spaghetti or something. But it's not I, it's far from a. Um, a yearly tradition for me because I, I guess, get really nervous about cooking for that many people because I, <laughs> I don't even, yeah, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> the, the pressure of making, you know, decent food for that many people is a lot. So usually I miss that. Couple other things I wondered about, and that is your mother was very uh, determined when I interviewed her in her description of how important the lake has been to your family. And uh, she said it has defined our family. Do you have the same kind of philosophy um, about going to Flathead very, Lake? Well, similar, but just different in the sense that mine, it's not really defined or so much as it's just been it's been constant for me so I, I can imagine for my mom things were you know shifted when we started going to the lake every year but for me it has it's been this kind of yearly reset button and so it's yeah it's something that I never it's something that I took for granted growing up and and took for granted isn't exactly the right the right way to say it because it was something I looked forward to every you know the, from the second I left until the, the entire year would go by uh, it's something I look forward to almost every day but <laughs> I think still I didn't realize I guess it was something that I always had and so I didn't realize quite how special it, it was because it, it must I must mm -hmm. have been maybe getting out of or so when I kind of realized that it wasn't, you know, that, that not everybody, almost nobody has something that they can go see their most, they, they're going to see most of their extended family every year. And they're going to see them all at the same time at this, this incredible place. I didn't, I didn't take that, realize how lucky that was until I was at least 20 something years old, but mm -hmm. you know, it, it really was a it was a it was a mile marker every yeah defined the year and do you think that um, 
that your generation will be able to continue that yeah. routine. I want to call it a routine, but that yeah, kind I, of family reunion. I think so. In year, years would, to come. <laughs> I mean, just thinking about, I guess, what, I guess what, what jobs look like now. And I guess, I mean, I just, I don't feel like there's as much trouble getting to the lake now or, or getting the time, you know, at least a week or so. It feels very, especially, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you don't have to kind of build the habit of remembering to keep a, a, a week of vacation. You know, this is something I think we were all raised on. No, it, it just feels like more of a uh, I don't, obligation is not the right word, but just something that's, that's like, I don't really, yeah, I don't see it being an issue. Just, just kind of always assumed that, you know, our generation would keep doing the same, the same thing. I didn't ask you if you visited, ever visited the lake off season. Do you remember yeah. any trips that were not, not during the cherry season? As most people i've been in twice i think during christmas once when we were much younger but not maybe i was 14 or 15 and then mm -hmm. we were there last last winter christmas and we stayed in kalispell yeah. um, or outside of kalispell but it's yeah it's funny i mean it, it really doesn't feel it's just such a stark contrast I guess I always, the first, <laughs> the most, the most immediate thing for me is just not seeing any leaves on the cherry trees. That's kind of the, the main thing that sticks out to me is the fact that you can see all the way down to the house from the road or all the way up. And then I guess yeah, the lake being at a different spot is uh, the first, I, I had never even considered that. And so the first time I saw that, it really shocked me. The water being out in the lake because the, the Flathead Lake is essentially a reservoir that they drain down a number of feet in the winter. Yeah. yeah definitely. And it looks, it feels different. Uh, well, speaking of winters in Flathead, Jack, I remember that you were involved in organizing something that happened in the winter. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I was so much organizing it, but I... <laughs> would would say I was definitely a part and maybe a uh, one of the one of the eager participants as opposed to one of the I don't know people reluctant who, people who yeah reluctantly <laughs> um, but I remember having gotten into the lake so many times in the summer seeing it down by you know the giant rocks that the sailboat was tied to uh, we were down there and I think we were skipping rocks this is probably me and Casey just wandering around down there and we got the idea to to get in the water and i this was probably this i think this was, was december or maybe it was february i can't remember which trip this was but yeah the two of us thought you know this is you know this is got to at least happen once so yeah we took our shoes off and waited out and you know the trickiest part about that is without the dock there to jump off of you have to kind of stumble over the rocks until it's deep enough to finally jump in and then hurriedly rush out so <laughs> I guess yeah that was the gist of it is a really slow awkward 
wade out until it's three feet deep-ish, and then you jump in, and then your heart stops pretty much, and you scramble back to the shore. But then I can remember uh, both Steve and Granted there also jumped in, which I couldn't believe. <laughs> and then later, later, Uncle John did it. So the part I would say that I was the leader of was putting together his T-shirts where it said the Flathead Lake Glacial Plunge. And it was a nice picture of Flathead with Wild Horse in the background, kind of the classic, the classic view from the dock. Uh-huh. Nice. And anyone who did this plunge, whether it was on that exact day or later, earned uh-huh. that T-shirt. That's right. And, you know, I think I think I could do another iteration of shirts if there are still people willing to uh, to brave the plunge. <laughs> so for anyone listening, okay, <laughs> the offer still stands. That's a challenge, I think. So uh, I've been asking people if they wanted to leave the podcast with one last thought. And I would like to give you that opportunity too about your experience at Flathead Lake. Do you have something that you want to leave us with? Gosh. You know, beyond the, beyond the kind of like the beautiful, I don't know, picturesque, that it is and the way it is in my memory and then the way it is when I get there and all the kind of traditions and, and fun that have, that have come out through being up there. I guess kind of what I said before, I'm struck by how lucky I am to, to be able to just go up and see my family, you know, almost, and, and, and it, it, it almost as a given. And, and I guess I'm, I'm realizing how lucky I am to also just kind of have a family that comes from all of, literally all over the United States. You know, it, it's, it's this kind of little slice of heaven basically where all of our separate lives are kind of put on hold and we just get to come back and live for a week at the lake. I feel pretty blessed. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm you. sure glad that you made time for this. So thanks a lot, Jack. I, If you enjoyed hearing Jack describe his activities at Flathead Lake, listen to our next episode of Cherry Orchard Conversations. If you're a friend or family member with a story to tell, let me know. Thanks for listening.